Good morning. Today is Friday, July 22nd, 2022. In this week's Torah portion, the Parsha Pinchas, God tells Moshe to appoint Yehoshua as his successor, Joshua. And the way this passage unfolds is the subject of a famous and paradigmatic lecture that was given many years ago by the Rav, Rabbi Yosef Soloveitchik of Blessed Memory. And within this lecture, the Rav explains how this passage conveys a fundamental and essential understanding of Jewish practice and Jewish life. And so let's start by looking more closely at the wording of this passage. So God tells Moshe, I have selected Yehoshua, Joshua, as your successor. God says to Moshe, take Yehoshua, have him stand directly in front of you. And rest your hand on him. This is to be a figurative and maybe, maybe even in a certain sense, literal of transmission of the power from Moshe to Yoshua, the energy, the authority from Moshe to Yoshua. This is a, an act that will imbue Yehoshua with what he needs to be able to be Moshe's successor. And there's some kind of transfer of authority, of insight that is happening as a result of this moment. And then God says to Moshe, You shall place your glory upon him, your splendor, the splendor that you, Moshe, have earned and have deserved and that surrounds you in an angelic form as if it's a halo. You shall provide that to Yehoshua. Yehoshua needs that to be able to to serve as the leader after you. And then the Torah says, Vayas Moshe kasher tziva Hashem oso. Moshe does exactly what God tells him to do. Now, before we go further, let's understand that this scene is the beginning of the magnificent and crucial concept we refer to as Masora. Masora means the transmission of tradition from one generation to another. Masora means that everything that Moshe had learned and experienced and received, he is transmitting, he is conveying to Yoshua. And Yoshua will then convey it to his students and his students to his students up until today where the Torah that we learn, we receive from our teachers, our parents. It is a Masorah. It is a transmission of tradition, one generation after the other. The Judaism that we practice is the Judaism of Masorah. Of course, there are new ideas that come up a long way. 
Of course, there are new sources that come up along the way. But the bulk of how to deal with it, of how to look at it, the essentials, that is transmitted from teacher to student, teacher to student, in every generation, up until and including today. And it starts in this passage where God has Moshe transfer, transmit, be Moser, give over this Torah to Yoshua to be his successor. And the Torah says Moshe did it correctly. Moshe did it exactly the way God commanded. And Moshe placed his hands, plural, on Yoshua's head. Just like God told him to do. It's a little bit of a problem. Because the Torah here is emphasizing twice that Moshe did exactly what God commanded. No deviation whatsoever. Twice. Kasher tziva Hashem, as God commanded. Kasher diber Hashem, as God said. And yet, there's a discrepancy. Because God said, place your hand, singular, on Yehoshua. Moshe placed his hands, plural, yadav, plural. Especially if we're going to the trouble of saying that God, that Moshe did exactly what God said, but he didn't. God said one hand, Moshe said two hands. What's with the second hand? So the Rav, Rav Salavetchik, explains a technical answer to the technical problem. And that is, God had commanded Moshe to place one hand on Yoshua. God had also said that Moshe was to give from his splendor, from his glory to Yoshua. And that is what Moshe transmitted with his second hand. There was part A that Moshe transmitted to Yoshua with one hand, and part B, which is what God wanted to transmit to Yoshua with his second hand. So even though Moshe said, God said one hand, Moshe had to use two hands because there were two elements. All right. Maybe that answers the technical question of one versus two, but what's going on here? What does it mean, two hands? What two things, what two subjects are being transmitted and why do they have to be done separately? Why do they require two separate hands? The Rav explains that this slight detail, which is so easy to miss, is actually the basis of the blueprint for Jewish life. Because Jewish life, Jewish practice, exists on two layers. And Moshe needed one hand for each of these layers. The fact that Moshe used two hands indicated that Moshe was transmitting a Mesorah, a transmission, number one, and also Mesorah, number two, that required a second hand. What are these two paths? What are these two layers of Jewish life? The Rav explains that Judaism, Jewish life, 
has a Masorah of Halacha, a transmission of information that goes from generation to generation, dealing with Jewish law. It is an intellectual transmission. It's conceptual. How to act. What are the details? What are the concepts that help us to understand? How do we analyze it? How do we describe it? And in this intellectual pursuit, this intellectual Masora, each person receives this level according to their intellect, according to the effort that they expend, their powers, their talent of intellectual analysis, of memory. And this is a blueprint for scholars who work their entire lives to study, to analyze. This is an esoteric Masorah. And this is what God has Moshe give to Yoshua with the first hand. We find this first aspect of the Masorah, of the transmission of Judaism, in these words, in a passage that occurs later in the Torah. This is now from the Sefer Dvarim in the Parsha of Shoftim. The Torah says as follows, When there will be an issue that comes up and it's not clear what the judgment is, a dispute between two parties and it's not clear what it is, or a question that will come up about Jewish law and it's not clear what is the answer to this question. You shall go up to the place that God has selected, to the court that is located in the Beis Hamikdash, the holy te- adjacent to the Beis Hamikdash, the holy temple. You'll go to the priests, you'll go to the Levites, but you'll go to the judges who will be there in that day, and the Darashta. They will investigate. They will analyze intellectually to think through what is the correct answer to your question. And they will give you an answer. You have an intellectual question. What do I do? What's the right way? Who's right? Who's wrong? So you go to the court and they will investigate and they will tell you the right answer. And you will follow what they say because you rely on the expertise of these scholars. They have this masora, this transmission of this intellectual information of what is right and what is wrong and how to apply the details of Jewish law. Based on the Torah that they teach you and based on the judgment that they tell you, that's what you should do. Don't turn away from their advice, neither to the right, neither to the left. You follow what they say? You're in need of guidance. It's something that you are not able to fathom. You go to an expert and you follow what the experts say. That's layer number one. And that's a very important layer what to do, how to act. It's crucial. But there's a second layer. There's a second Masorah. There is the transmission 
not of an intellectual transmission, but an emotional, experiential transmission from one generation to another, from one teacher to student, teacher to student. For example, Rav Salvechik said in this lecture, he said that he was now studying with his students the laws of Shabbat and studying the 39 malachos, 39 categories of prohibited activity. We discussed this uh, somewhat last week. And to study those 39 categories, you need to know the date, the details. You need to understand conceptually how do they fit together. You need to understand how to apply it, what you can do, what you cannot do. And all that is very important. But a person can learn every single detail about what to do and what not to do on Shabbos and still not understand what feeling a Jew should have on Shabbos. A person can know all those details and even observe all those details and not yet experience the appreciation of how Shabbos makes me feel. It's not enough to know the law. One must be in a Jewish home and create a Jewish home on Shabbos in order to hear the sounds of Kiddush being recited and the Zmiros, the songs being sung. One must be in a place to smell the smells of the Shabbos meals and to see the beauty of the Shabbos candles and to see the beauty of the family all ready and prepared to greet the Shabbos. To know Shabbos, it's not enough to know the rules. It's necessary to know, to know the rules, but it's not enough. It's also necessary to see how Shabbos transforms a Jew from living during the week with burden and anxiety and transforms that person to becoming on Shabbos a prince and a princess with heads held high. Yes, it is true we must know God. The Rambam says, Maimonides says, mitzvah leida. It is a mitzvah to know God, to understand God, to comprehend God, and all of God's commandments. Yes, but we also have a verse in Tehillim. In Kapitel 34, Tamu kitov Hashem. Taste it and see how beautiful it is. Don't just observe Shabbos. Taste it. Is it sweet? Is it warm? Does it make it feel like you can transcend your everyday weekday life? Tamuru, taste it. The experiential is even more important than the rules. I would say that the purpose of the rules is to lead us to the experiential. That's the second level. The second level is the transmission of an awareness 
of every aspect of the Torah, not only in terms of its rules, but in terms of its mood, in terms of how it makes me feel, in terms of how I am supposed to be transformed as a result of it. The truth is, of course, <coughs> excuse me, the truth is, of course, that this second layer is much harder to teach. There is no passage in Shulchan Aruch, the Code of Jewish Law, about what should be your mood on Shabbos, what you should feel when you hear the shofar on Rosh Hashanah, what should be going through your mind during the Elah, what you should be thinking about on Tisha B'Av, what should be the content, the emotion, the inner experience as a result of the outer actions, but what should you be feeling? It's harder to teach that. And that is what God told Moshe to give to Yoshua with Moshe's second hand. Moshe transmitted to Yoshua this capacity, not only to know the answers that Moshe had taught him, but also to absorb the feeling, the experience. Because that is what the answers to the questions are supposed to facilitate. We find ourselves in the middle of the three weeks, period of mourning, of increasing intensity, culminating on Tisha B'Av. I can teach what happened on those days. I can teach how to act, what is prohibited as of today, as of next week, on Tisha B'Av itself, in the nighttime, in the daytime, a lot of different details. That's one level, the level of Jewish law, the intellectual level the behavioral level. It's important. It's crucial. We cannot act as Jews without it. And in addition to what I teach, you can ask. And I can try to answer. If you have a question, am I allowed to do this? Am I not allowed to do that? I can answer. Or if I'm not sure, I can look it up. Or I could ask somebody else. That's the first layer. But what about the second layer? How can I impart how to feel today and over the next three weeks, especially on Tisha B'Av, how can I convey what my mood should be on Tisha B'Av and how it should change from the nighttime to the morning to the afternoon? How do I communicate that? Because that second layer is really the essence. That's really what we're trying to get to. The first layer, the layer of intellectual study and knowing what to do, the actions, the behavior, that is really just the tools that we use to reach the second layer. It is the second layer that is the essence. So I must try, we all must try. It's harder. It's harder than mastering the details. Maybe through sharing experiences. 
maybe through stories, maybe through music. It's harder. It's harder to convey. But it's much more important. And this is true in every area of life. This is a crucial element of Jewish life in every area of life, that there is the Masorah of intellectual knowledge that is so important we cannot live without it. But there is also the Masorah of experiential, emotional content. What should we be feeling? How should it affect us? What kind of a person should it make us into? And it's this crucial element of Jewish life that Moshe transmitted to Yoshua in our Parsha with Moshe's second hand. My friends, I want to wish you a great day and a beautiful Shabbos. And I look forward to seeing you soon in person.